Hello, everybody. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast all about travel, finding adventure every day, and seeking out ways to make your life more interesting. From Dallas, Texas, I am your host, James Barrett, joined as always by my co-host, Michael DeRosiers in Bangkok, Thailand. James, what are we talking about today? Today, we are going to talk about fitting in adventure. What we mean by that is, You and I, at the moment, have more free time than most people, I would argue, probably do. That hasn't always been the case. There were a time where we were both working a lot. Mm -hmm. And you have to find ways to fit adventures into your day-to-day life. And I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about that and have a conversation about if you've got a busy schedule, if you don't have much time to yourself, how can you still get that feeling of satisfaction and adventure into your life? If you would like to support the show, please check out our Kofi page. What is that Kofi page, Michael? Kofi.com slash attempt adventure. Link in the show notes. Wonderful. Oh, even better. I don't have to. I can never remember the Kofi page for some reason. <laughs> Everything is attempt adventure, James. Everything that's, we have. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, Michael, did you do something new or adventurous this week? Uh, Yeah, I did, James. Recently, I went bouldering for the first time with my friend, British Michael. Call him British Michael for obvious reasons. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He invited me to go out to go bouldering, and it was something I had never done before. I've done rock climbing, like with the harness and stuff before. But bouldering, for those of you maybe who don't know, is basically, it's just that. It's rock climbing, but there's no harness. And there's just a big pad underneath you. And you are expected to fall. It's very hard. (laughs) <laughs> I was really, really shaky and I was really aching the next day. It was a fantastic workout. A little scary, but a lot of fun. So definitely out of my comfort zone, something I never would have probably done on my own. And I think that's great sometimes to have a friend sort of invite you along and just, the, you know, embracing the power of kind of saying yes to these experiences mm-hmm. can be really cool. So yeah, that was something I had never done. I think you've done it before though, haven't you? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. It was very popular in Colorado, in Boulder. Mm. Is that why it's called boulder i don't think so (laughs) but rock climbing in general is very very popular yeah and i at the time was not in good enough shape to really participate in it rock climbing and bouldering it's it's a it's very physically demanding and it takes a lot of strength oh i mean let me be clear i'm not in good enough shape to do it either i struggled a (laughs) lot i did do the. i did some of the you know the basic routes i didn't do anything like (laughs) i wasn't like you know you see some of these guys up there and they're like little spider monkeys they're like hanging upside down and flipping over and it's insane and did you go to a gym or did you go to like the outdoors it was at a gym uh shout out to stone goats in bangkok stone goats gym yeah it's really good and they have really good deals if you are living in bangkok and you want to try it out they have some good deals that you can take advantage of especially if you want to try like a beginner package it's like 700 baht for for a package of three times, that's like $20. Comes with the shoes and the chalk and everything you need. So uh, quite a good deal. So yeah, shout out to Stone Goats. Yeah, rock climbing gyms, yeah, at least in, in the US and apparently elsewhere, are kind of in vogue right now. It's a wonderful workout and it's it's just more interesting, I think, to a lot of people than just normal exercise. Awesome. Well, that's cool. So again, I think the lesson here is, you know, maybe say yes to things you maybe wouldn't do normally. If you have the opportunity, mm-hmm. just take it. How about you, James? Have you done anything new or adventurous? I attempted to make sourdough bread. 
with my own starter and everything else like that. I failed. Mm. I don't know what happened. It was terrible. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know if my yeast was dead. I don't know. It was just, it was awful. I like baking bread. I used to do it quite a lot in college, just kind of for fun. And uh, I do actually have a, a bread machine. We've talked about it on the show before. My weird Chinese bread <laughs> machine that I bought. <laughs> it works. It does. I've done it before. Not sourdough bread. That was a new one. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm bored. And I don't know what happened. I'm a good cook. I'm not a good baker. You know what they say? Cooking is an art. Baking is a science, isn't it? Like It, it is. Be, it's very because precise. Like, and- yeah, and I'm not. That's not. I don't know. I'll count it, though. Other than that, this week, it's been really busy. I've been really busy this past week, and so I haven't had time to really get out. The weather's been kind of crappy. I get it. The challenge is to do something new or adventurous, right? And that was definitely something new. That is true. The reason we do this activity, this exercise at the start of our podcast, is to push ourselves to do new things, you know, and try to discover new things. New hobbies, new interests. Yeah, new experiences. That's the whole point. I wish it had been good. It wasn't. Well, <laughs> hey, but you learned something. You learned how not to make sourdough bread. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried too late. I should have tried back in 2020 when everyone was doing it. I miss those days. I miss the early pandemic when everyone was like happy. Yeah, everyone was enjoying being home, trying new hobbies, getting fit. Uh, everyone was like in it together and supporting each other. And yeah, that that didn't last so long. But And then like a year went by and everyone just everyone just was like, I will burn this country to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. <laughs> and they did. Anyway, let's get into it, James. Let's talk about our main segment. You made a very good point. Right now, we are both not necessarily working nine to five office jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have in the past. I was a school teacher at a high school and that kept me ex- you know, extremely busy just all day long. Just kept my, my schedule full. Nowadays, I'm working online and I have a lot more control over my schedule. Mm-hmm. So that does give me a bit more freedom. Um, I know that you have a bit more freedom right now as well for similar reasons, but we've both experienced that nine to five and we've both tried to get adventure in during that time as well. And in fact, even nowadays, you know, I'm still busy with daily life and work and things like that. It can be hard to fit adventure in. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What are some of the biggest barriers that we have to fitting adventure into our daily lives? And how can we overcome these barriers? I'll give three. I'll give my top three. Okay. First one is time. That's kind of what we're going to focus on, I think, more today Mm -hmm. um, than some of these others. Two is money. And three is accessibility. And before we continue on, I want to say the reason we're mostly going to focus on time is because on this show, we don't believe that money and accessibility really is a limit because of the way that we define adventure. We define adventure as doing small things that sort of get you out of your comfort zone and having new experiences, Mm -hmm. but we are very adamant that they don't have to be expensive and they don't have to be far. And that's why we want to focus on time mostly. Yes. So when it comes to time, most people work eight, nine hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, you add in a commute to that, you've got 10 hours gone out of the day, yeah. five days a week. Yeah. And then you come home, you have to, you know, have to find dinner, have to do housework. Yeah. Life gets very busy and you wake up, you go to work, you work, you come home, you relax for a bit, you eat dinner, you go to bed mm-hmm. and you do it all over again. And so it, it can be very easy to fall into this rut of boredom. You know, I've done it. It's one thing to have a routine. It's another thing to not do things you enjoy. And I've done that. I do that all the time. I keep thinking like, oh, I'll I'll be laying in bed at night and I'll get these grand ideas of what I want to do. And then when it comes around to it, I'm too tired or 
something. I'm sure you know how that feels. You're laying in bed at night and you're thinking of stuff. Oh, I'm going to do this. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to do this. Whatever it may be. And then the next day comes and you start off and you do your normal day. And by the end of the day, you're just like, I'm exhausted and I'm, I'll, I'm not going to do that. How do we push past that? I have a question that will answer that. On the rare occasions that you force yourself to do them, how do you feel about it? Always good. Yeah. Always. But the idea of that can be very stressful in a way. Mm-hmm. The idea of thinking, oh, I still I have all these things to do during the day and then I still have to do this thing that while I want to do it, it's still just another thing. Right. I know for me, being mentally tired is a huge deterrent. And I don't know about you, Michael, but I am fairly lazy by nature. I don't like to be, but it just happens. And pushing past that is very difficult. I've been much better lately now that I'm getting in better shape and I'm not as tired all the time and things like that. I've, I've, been, fe- I've been feeling a lot better. But for a lot of people, especially if you work a physically demanding job or right. are on your feet all day, things like that, the last thing you might want to do is go you know, wander around somewhere. Right, exactly. So how do we, again, push past that? How do I know that every time we do it, it's always worth it. And yet we end up in the same situation again and again. So what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I think we have to prioritize it in our minds. If it's something that we really want to do, you know, prioritize it and put it in perspective. You know, you don't have to force yourself to do something huge. You don't have to force yourself to do something every day. You don't even have to do it every week. Just try to make some time for it. Try to build time into your routine to do it. Maybe try to schedule it in advance and just say, this is part Mm -hmm. of my schedule. It's not that I'm trying to find time to do it. This is just part of my schedule. It's on my to-do list and I'm going to do it that way. That's a good point. You know, I think a lot of us kind of start to think that everything needs to be spontaneous. Mm -hmm. At least I do. But in that, that comes from my sort of laissez-faire attitude. Is that the right, is that the right mood, right word? Kind of go with the flow. Yeah. I don't remember. That's what I think it is. Uh, Laissez-faire is an economic system in which transactions between private groups of people are free from any form of economic interventionism. So I would say yes. (laughs) Sure. My go with the flow kind of attitude. Uh Um, (laughs) I think you can use it that way, James. I think it kind of just means kind of like it's free and unregulated. When we travel, I'm very open. I will do anything. But the downfall of that, and I think we've talked about something similar to this in a previous episode, is that planning things has become very difficult for me. Planning and scheduling things has become very difficult. And so when I try to make time for myself to do these things that I'm interested in, I never pencil it in. Mm-hmm. I just sort of get, I think in my head, oh, I'll do that. But then when the day comes and I'm tired at the end of it, it was never really on my plan anyway. So I think, I think you have a really good point in that if you schedule it as just part of that day, I feel like you're going to be much more likely to do it. If it's something you, I hate to phrase it this way, but it's, if it's something you have to do instead of want to do. Yeah. At least mentally. Right. Yes. Mentally it's something. (laughs) Yes. If you think about it that way, it's something you have to do. Like, oh, I have to go to the park and take some pictures or something like that. And once you do it frequently, it will kind of become part of your routine. Again, we should talk about how our idea of adventure is is different. We talk about this sort of ad nauseum, but um, it could be as simple as, yeah, going for a walk. Just some new experience. Something new. A bit different from your everyday. That's 
how we think of adventure. Yeah. Go for a walk. Go for a swim. Go try a new snack. If you're a bit more ambitious, I want to sort of reference the philosophy of our, I guess you call him our spiritual guru of this show, uh, Alistair Humphreys, <laughs> and his micro adventures. He's even gone so far as to recommend five to nine adventures. You know, you clock out of work, you grab your bivy bag, you sleep on the top of a hill, you know, and then you rush back to work the next morning at nine o'clock, clock back in. When someone says, what'd you do last night? You say, oh, I went on a camping trip, right? So much more exciting than I stayed home, I ordered takeout, and I watched the game. There's something to be said for doing that. It's a lot more ambitious. It's a lot harder to do that. Mm -hmm. However, you actually do have time. If, as you say, you're working for, let's say, even including the commute, even 12 hours. You still have 12 hours of a day. You can do something even after you do your chores, even if it's something so small, even if it's 30 minutes of, you know, taking a walk outside and looking at birds, right? That's, I think that's an adventure. I really like bird watching. Mm -hmm. I call that an adventure, right? Everyone's got 30 minutes in their day. Yeah. You have these people, you'll see them on the internet and they're like, you have all the time to do all these things, but they, they miss some things. I think I'm talking about these kind of you know, lifestyle gurus, <laughs> lifestyle people are like, oh, you work yeah. nine to five, you get home at six. But they're also the people that are like, I go to bed at 2 a.m., wake up at 6 a.m. Yeah. Sleep for me. I value sleep over a lot. <laughs> yes. If I don't if I don't get seven hours of sleep, I am a horrible person to be around. Yeah, I need minimum seven hours. That's very important to me. If I was the kind of person who could run perfectly off four hours of sleep, yeah, you have so much time. Mm -hmm. You kidding me? But you see these people and, and it gets discouraging because you're like, no, I don't. But again, you know, sleeping somewhere can be an adventure like Alistair Humphreys, mm -hmm. right? Going camping for a night or just even sleeping in your backyard. Get a bivy bag and sleep outside under the stars. I've thought about sleeping on my balcony. There you go. Just for fun. My balcony faces inwards. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of other apartments. If it didn't do that, I would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a little too visible. But maybe my next place, who knows? Yeah. There's that five to nine thinking, but it doesn't have to be something huge. I'm trying to think of some better examples. You know, I always fall back to like trying new food, which is an adventure. By, it can be. By yeah. our, yeah. But also like I can guarantee you there's somewhere close to you that you haven't seen before. Well, that's like what we talked about last week, isn't it? Just search online like outdoor activities in your hometown or mm -hmm. museums, interesting museums. There's probably some really weird museum. Oklahoma City has the Pigeon Museum and they have the Banjo Museum. You know, I was there recently here in Bangkok. We have the Soil Museum that I've talked about before, the Coin Museum. Of course, Bangkok's a big city and it's got tons of museums. But even small towns probably have some weird little like local history museum full of yeah. wacky artifacts and some like kooky caretaker who's going to tell you all sorts of cool stories. I guarantee it. <laughs> I always love those guys. Oh, yeah. They're the best. They're always so like genuine. And knowledgeable. About a very specific thing. Man, I was in Glenrose recently. Went to the Glenrose Museum. And there's this entire exhibit about different types of barbed wire that you can find around Glenrose. And man, the guy was just, he made it interesting. One of my favorite things in the world is to see people genuinely excited about their interests. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it, it's so heartwarming to see. I think a lot of people get embarrassed if they're interested in some very niche kind of obscure thing like barbed wire. But by no, go for it. Be, be the best historian you can be 
Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, little museums or mm-hmm. historical markers, self-guided tours around town. I know I've talked before about going on that historical Arlington heritage tour in our hometown. That was really interesting. It was just a drive between these different historical markers and different points of interest in town, but it sort of told the story of the Pioneer Trail, and it was really fascinating. I mean, even trying a new activity, buy a set of cheap watercolors or buy a like a ukulele. They're not very expensive. Oh, yeah. Try a new hobby, a harmonica, right? You can get a harmonica for $5 online. Take a picnic. You have to eat dinner anyway. Go on a picnic. Eat outdoors. Take it outside. If you have a little bit more time, you can do a class, a virtual adventure. You can go online and sign up for a virtual tea ceremony from Japan, and you can do it from the comfort of your home or a virtual walking tour that you can do mm-hmm. uh, in a 30-minute or one-hour online experience, right? Airbnb experiences or Atlas Obscura experiences. They have these great things that you can book online. Yeah. And I think we should also talk about how adventure doesn't even have to mean leaving your home. No, it doesn't. Like you talked about. Find a book that you wouldn't have normally read. Mm-hmm. Like for me, you know what really interests me is like fly fishing and ice fishing. Really? I don't fish. I'm not a fisherman. <laughs> I've gone fishing like twice in my life, but for some reason, ice fishing, I'm like, I want to do that. I don't know why, but I'm like, I want to do that really bad. Right. And so like, I'll, I'll, I'll lay in bed and watch like three hours of ice fishing videos. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> but hey, you can gain sort of the same wanderlust by watching somebody else do it. Sure. Yeah. As you can. And I think there might be some sort of stigma around that. There might be like, why watch it when you can do it? And it's like, well, I can't do it right now, can I? It's, it's 10 p.m. on a Tuesday. What am I going to do? That's a valid point, right? You can check it out online. Virtual experiences are great. During COVID, I did some, right? I did that virtual cacao mm-hmm. ceremony a couple years ago when I had nothing to do for my weekly adventure. You did. And that was weird, but it was fun. Here, for fun. Let me let me pull it up. Go to Airbnb Experiences. They're really good. Atlas Obscura, I'll look them up. So what are some on Airbnb that you can find, James, that sound interesting? So we have meet a real life shark scientist. That's very cool. Right. Already. First one. Sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah. A taste of Vietnam with Eat Hoi An. Ghost city of India. Beauty of Mughal architecture. See, that's something I would never look up on my own. Yeah. New Zealand nature highlights. Chat with locals for the perfect Hiroshima vacation. And that one's free. Well, there you go. See? Yeah. They're usually like one hour long and they're rarely more than like 15 or $20. Mm-hmm. Learn about bird conservation. Oh, man. Sign me up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's uh, from New Zealand, I believe. Yep. Mm. Locals of the, the Dominican Republic. You can get your fortune told. You know what, James? Maybe for next week, for our new and adventurous thing, what if we both do a virtual experience? Okay. I'm in. Okay. Anyone you want to do. And we'll do that. I'm, I'm not going to do this $172 cacao ceremony. No, mine. I did one for like, no, I think the one I did was like $5. It was real cheap. Don't do the, don't do. What is the cacao ceremony? Where's it from? It's a Mayan thing, I believe. So it's from like. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm definitely not doing this one, which is from Italy and is a bunch of white women. Yeah. I mean, there were a bunch of white women in mine too, but. That's not surprising. <laughs> Meditation with a Japanese monk. There's a live virtual wildlife safari in South Africa. I mean, there's just a ton of awesome things. And so I've never really thought about this. I know you had done some of them. It's a good way to get your mind away 
you can travel mentally without going physically. Yes. And that's just as much an adventure. You know, I think that there is this temptation to think of technology as a distraction or a hindrance, something that holds us back from adventure. And in some ways it can be. Mm -hmm. Technology is a tool and it really depends how we use it, what we get out of it. However, it can be used in this way to connect us to people, to introduce us to these experiences and to actually enrich our lives as well. I do think that's a really important thing to do if you can't leave your house, if you only have an hour and you don't have time to drive somewhere or walk somewhere. You can do something like this, and some of them are free. Yes, very much. And you and I are fortunate to live in a place where you live in you live in Bangkok, which has an un, infinite things, an infinite number of things to do. <laughs> yeah, just more than you could do in a lifetime. I live in one the U.S. into a major metropolitan area in the U.S., which also has tons and tons of things to do. Someone from a very small town somewhere. May not. And so I think these, and not to say there's not nothing to do in those small towns because there always is, but these virtual experiences can not only introduce you to new things, but just new people. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to broaden your mind and learn about the world around you. And meeting people from other places is honestly one of the best experiences that I I can recommend to people is just, mm-hmm. just meet people. There are plenty of... Um, services online that'll connect you to pen pals mm-hmm. and things like that. Be careful when you do that just because you never know. Yeah. Just be smart. Everybody. There's an app called slowly and it's a free app. It's a pen pal app and you don't have to use your real name. There's no, you know, they don't know your address. So you're not like, you know, giving people your address, but it's interesting because you can send a message to somebody and it takes days for them to receive it. It takes days for you to get it back. It sort of simulates the experience of receiving a letter from someone. Did you ever have a pen pal in school? Because we did. I remember in German class, they signed us up for mm-hmm. like a, a German language pen pal. I think we only did like yeah. one or two letters. Yeah, we did too. And it was fun. Yeah. But, and it's exciting when you get the letter. It's exciting. It is. It's cool. Yeah. Something like that. You know, an adventure for your mind is just as important as an adventure for your body. The adventures for your mind are accessible to everyone. Yeah. A few other things you can do, and now these might be a bit more ambitious. Um, they require a little bit more time and a few more resources, but, you know, something like a weekend adventure or an overnight adventure, you know, on a Saturday night. And, you know, of course, maybe not everyone has time for that, but going to a, just a nearby town or even a staycation, you know, a staycation just in a different part of town could be really interesting. Volunteer, like you were talking about the other mm-hmm. week, volunteering is a really good way to sort of get out of your comfort zone, meet new people, experience different things. I mean, you can even volunteer with nature, right? There's volunteer programs at state parks and things where you can give some of your time in exchange for the opportunity to be outdoors. Local festivals and events. I would say pretty much every town in the world probably has some kind of local event that they do. In the US, the smaller towns usually have the craziest local events and the most fun ones, like Clifton, Texas, just outside of Waco, has the Norwegian Festival every Christmas. That's a ton of fun. Westfest, also in Texas, the uh, the Czech Cultural Festival. Oktoberfest in Austin, right? All these cities, that's just the area I know. I don't know. I know every city <laughs> in the US probably has something like that, has some kind of yeah. local festival art festival, food festival, music festival. We talk a lot about these big outdoor adventures because that's what, and maybe not even big, but outdoor adventures is sort of where our 
is sort of what has our hearts, I would say. Mm-hmm. We get the most satisfaction on being outside and experiencing these things and experiencing nature and cities and culture and things mm-hmm. like that. But not everyone feels the same. We all know people who are very, very interested in certain things, but wouldn't necessarily want to go there. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. So there's this push lately that I've noticed. It feels like you have to do everything. And it's okay, it's okay to not like something or not want to do something. It is because we all have a different relationship with adventure and we all have different passions and different interests and different lives, you know, and we don't all have to do the same thing. There's plenty of adventures I'm not interested in at all. I do not want to go bungee jumping. <laughs> no, it has, really. it has no appeal for me at all, but some people might love it. It doesn't make anyone that does it more adventurous. It's just that doesn't sound fun. I don't think I'd get much out of that. I don't think I'd really enjoy it. I actually don't have a problem with heights. I have a problem with jumping from them. I don't really want to go skydiving either. You can put me up that's, on an airplane. You too. can put me on a, like a, a glass sky bridge and I don't care, but I would not jump off of them. That's just, it's not my thing. <laughs> I'm the same way. I love being up high. I'll climb rocks. I'll stand on the very edge of a cliff. I will do anything, but no, me neither. How can you keep yourself motivated? to find adventure when life gets busy because we've talked about how to find adventure, but how do you actually stay motivated to do that? That's a hard one. I personally struggle with that. I struggle with the motivation to do things, even though I know they'll be worth it. Yeah. Because like, like you said, sometimes, sometimes the couch is real nice. You know what I mean? For me, one of the biggest things is I'm thinking further down the line. I'm thinking, I don't want to reach a point in my life where I'm like, oh, I wish I had done this. Right. Or I wish I'd gotten into this. And that that may be a little fatalistic or whatever, but or depressing to some people. But for me, it's more like I'm I am perfectly content being a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. Perfectly. I'm a dabbler. I love so many different things. I enjoy trying different things. And so my motivation is not to get really good at something. And I want to be able to look back at pictures and look back at at things and be like, oh yeah, that was great. Yeah. Because I'll do that now. I'll go through my camera roll and just be like, I remember that. That was awesome. And then Mm -hmm. a story comes back into your head. So I guess making memories is a really good one. That's a great motivator. You're you're not going to look back and be like, oh yeah, I sat on the couch that one time. This is not against the couch. I love sitting on the couch (laughs) and doing nothing. I love it. My couch and I have a great relationship. (laughs) We do. If I had a couch, I don't own a couch. If I did own one though. (laughs) Yeah, my metaphorical couch. (laughs) But, you know, for me making memories and, you know, I, I like sharing these experiences with my wife. I like sharing experiences with you. I think that's an important one, right? Maybe you feel like you have these responsibilities, right? Oh, I want to go on adventure, but you know, I really ought to spend time with family. Combine it. Mm-hmm. Add adventure to these things that you do. If you're a parent, bring your kids along on a nature walk. Combine these things and build memories with people through adventure. That can be a great motivator. What about you? Do you ever have issues staying motivated? All the time. I find for me, it's very... Uh, it's not, not cyclical. The cyclical is not the word. It feeds into itself. 
when I'm lazy, it starts a cycle of being lazy. When I finally mm-hmm. break that cycle and I force myself to start doing things, I will get in a routine of being more adventurous. And for a long time after that, I will keep it will c- kind of compound upon itself and I'll do more and more and more. But then as soon as I kind of break that habit, it will get me out of it again. So how do I motivate myself? I mean, it's similar to you. I think, I think, wow, I'm really kind of wasting my time. I'm not doing much right now. I've been bored lately. I need to get out of my rut. Mm -hmm. I I mean, for me, I think it's very much like getting fit. They say getting fit, motivation doesn't matter. It's all about just dedication. Yeah, inconsistency. Motivation comes and goes. Even if you don't want to do it, you're always glad you did. No one ever regretted getting in shape and no one ever regretted doing something new and having an adventure in their lives. I don't think. It also goes really wrong, but then that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that some other time. That's not where we're at. That's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's really good too. view it as being consistent Mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'll get into these cycles of doing nothing and they're really hard to break. They're really hard to break, but when you do, you you feel better. You're like, oh, this is why I do this kind of thing. This is why I do X, Y, Z. Yeah, so I think being consistent is a good one that maybe we, I didn't think of it that way because it's true. Motivation to do anything is not always going to be there, but just like with, like you said, getting fit is a great example. It doesn't matter if you're motivated if you still do it. You can't rely on pure motivation or pure want to get you anywhere. With the analogy of getting fit, would I rather go for a jog or would I rather watch Netflix and order a large pizza? You know, I mean, the answer is clear. I would definitely rather eat pizza, but that's not the point, right? The point is that I'm looking towards the ultimate goal with with adventure as well, right? If you're talking about looking back on your memories, what memories do you want to have? I think it's important to focus on that ultimate goal and where it's going to take you and what you can look back on and remember and and have a great experience of and feel enriched by. Yes, and personal enrichment I think is a good is a good motivator at least for me. I want to be the person who has tried everything. Yeah. So enriching your life, making new memories, viewing it as a commitment to yourself and being consistent to yourself. Before we uh, move on, I actually have one more question, James, just out of mm-hmm. curiosity. Yeah. I know I've not prepped you for this one, but can you think of one spontaneous, memorable, like five to nine adventure that you've had? And what lessons did you learn from that? Definitely. There was one time, this was years ago now, where it was getting kind of like you said, the micro adventure is when I was at work and I was talking to, to a friend and we were talking about camping. And I was like, hey, do you want to go camping? sometime and he was just like yeah yeah i don't know like um, the normal kind of thing i don't know when blah blah blah. like and i was like uh do you have like gear do you have a tent do you have anything and he did and what i what we did was we got off work we grabbed our tent and our gear drove to a state park cedar hill i think camped camped overnight and went back to work the next morning there you go. Like you yes. said, it was Perfect. it was great. We got there and everyone's like, why do you smell like smoke? And I was like, well, <laughs> camping. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My experience was really similar. A couple of years ago was the first camping trip that my wife and I took here in Thailand. Mm-hmm. We were just talking. We had a weekend. She just texted me. She was like, do you want to go camping? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I just went to Big C and I bought a $10 tent. 
and we took the train just to a you know nearby province. You know, after work, it was really really quick to do, and got there. We camped right on the beach. It was fantastic. Came back to Bangkok like the next day. It was really fun. You can learn a lot from kind of getting out and doing these things. It's interesting that both of ours were pretty much the exact same thing. You know, I was just like, we were just bored. And I was like, hey, let's go camp. And I went and camped. We've done that. You and I have done it. We have plenty of times. One time we just drove down to Corpus Christi and <laughs> camped on the beach. A non-camping example, a couple years ago, on a whim, I just kind of signed up for a haunted Bangkok walking tour. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, just look like little local walking tours. There's plenty around. I mean, pretty much wherever you are, you can find something. Usually there's a ghost tour if you're into that kind of thing. Which are always fun. Yeah. I don't know, like, personally my my thoughts on them, but I'm not going to mess around with it. Exactly, yeah. Case. Yeah, whether like, you believe it or not, whatever. But they're fun. I mean, everybody likes to be a bit spooked, don't they? A little bit. <laughs> not too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to that sort of thing. I don't really like being scared. No, I don't want to see a ghost in real um, life. Because my wife loves horror movies. She loves all that kind of thing. And I, I don't at all. I'm just not a fan. So does mine. <laughs> She's like, That's we should watch weird, a Thai right? ghost movie. I'm like, no. I'm like, no. <laughs> and for me, when it comes to like ghosts and things like that, I was like, I don't know if I'm a believer or not, but I'm not going to mess around with it just in case. Why would I do that? It's kind of like I want to be on everybody's good graces come the just end of case. my life. Just in case. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> be like that one guy from the what, uh, the mummy where he's got all the different charms. Yeah, he pulls yeah, up the yeah. cross and he pulls up the, the <laughs> and just keep going. Yeah, you never know. Great movie. Shout I out to the mummy. that movie. I love the first one. I love the second one. And we don't talk about the other one. The second one, I don't My problem with the second one, it was just rehashing everything that happened in the first one. Again, it was a, still a fun film, but. With a horribly CGI'd rock. Yeah. Scorpion. <laughs> Did you ever watch the Scorpion King films? No. Me neither. I feel like they'd be fun if you were like, had had a couple of beers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you did you ever watch the third mummy, the Curse of the Dragon Prince, or something, or what was Tomb of the yeah, Dragon? I did. I did. The idea was interesting. Yeah, the execution. The was execution not. was terrible. The idea of like him going around the world and finding different mummies from different cultures that was cool. Practically, the way the movie was executed was not. But the idea was solid. There was even an idea that like in the next one, he was going to go to like South America and find a South American mummy or like Mm -hmm. go to find an ice mummy. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Him hunting different mummies. But the third movie was so bad, they canceled the rest of the series. I did forget that it was supposed to be like a kickoff to. To like him. Yeah. Globe trotting mummy Mm -hmm. hunting, which would have been really interesting. I'm into. They need to remake the mummy. Okay, well, look, they're still making Indiana Jones movies. Harrison Ford's in his 80s. Brendan Fraser's back. Brendan Fraser is cool again. They could totally reboot it. Like, just have the movie take place in, like, the 1940s. It's been a while, right? So now they're in the 40s. He's a bit older, just like Harrison Ford. Shout out to Brendan Fraser, by the way. Love that dude. We have him, and now he could be the, uh, he could fill the role of a retiring Harrison Ford. Let's say that in a, in a mummy series. <laughs> well, they introduced his, his, like, adult son in the third True. one. So we've already we're already good. Uh, that third one was bad. Yeah. I'm sorry, but sh- but again, shout out to Brendan Fraser if, <laughs> if you're listening. Come on the show. <laughs> oh, you know how we had this whole thing that yeah, you know, the only celebrity we would interview was Scott Bakula. Mm, I'll have Brendan take, Fraser. Yeah, we can take Brendan Fraser too. <laughs> and Scott Bakula. Also, Scott I'll Bakula, interview. if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All this right. is the dumbest running gag that we have on this show. <laughs> Scott Bakula has a standing invitation. I mean, he does. <laughs> let me let me be clear. He does. he does. 
But of all the celebrities, I just think that's hilarious. He's the best Star Trek captain. And we're not going to get into this because that's a whole episode's worth of controversial opinions, which we'll talk about at some point. Oh, God. What? How? How How do we get onto this? I don't know. Be spontaneous. Be spontaneous. There you go. Add some spontaneity and just do it. Even if you don't want to, you will never regret the things you do nearly as much as you will regret the things that you didn't do. Let's leave it at that. Perfect. All right, Michael. After our great conversation, it's time for our favorite segment, which is Adventures in the News. This week, it is my turn, and I have I have two. Both are similar. Both are not really news. Mm-hmm. Both involve animals, my favorite kind. Both from the American South. The first one is deer crashes through classroom window at Alabama Elementary School. I don't... Could you imagine just sitting there as a kid and I'm not talking hit the window. This deer came through the window. You know, those kids are going to be telling that story for the rest of their lives. Oh, yeah. What do you do? (laughs) Like, do you cancel class? I don't know. (laughs) Do you keep going? Like, it came in, ran around, pooped on the floor and left. (laughs) I mean, just, just crazy. The second one I have, Valentine Swine found running loose on Kentucky Road. Animal control officers are looking to find the owner of a pig after a... They call him the Valentine Swine. <laughs> I like it. I think it's it's been a f- pretty slow news week. All my favorite sites had, didn't really have anything. So I've got two animals being where they shouldn't be, which seems to be a theme in my adventures in the news. <laughs> it's I like when animals news. It's funny. It's lighthearted. Yeah, I like it. I like when animals are where they're not supposed to be, apparently. Always fun. <laughs> to anyone listening, if you find a fun adventure story, by all means, yeah. send it to us. Absolutely. Yeah, any any kind of news. Uh, if you have an expedition or something that you're going on, let us know. We can definitely uh, read about your expedition, too, or interview you. You're welcome to be a guest on the show. Definitely. Just write in. Well, you got anything else for us? I do not, James. I do not. I think those are great stories, and I, I love hearing about them. Um, I never had any animals enter my school that I can remember. Did you? No. There were water monitors at the school I worked at in Thailand, uh, but they mm, didn't come in which the Which is cooler. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to subscribe. And again, please consider us giving us a review on the podcast app of your choice. It helps us a lot. You can find more Attempt Adventure content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where we are all Attempt Adventure. You can also just visit our website directly, www.attemptadventure.com. There you can find pictures, show notes, all the previous episodes, some blog posts, and just generally good stuff. On that website, you will find a contact us button where you can type emails directly to us. That is probably the, the best and easiest way to get in touch with us. Other than that, you can email us, hello at attemptadventure.com, with any questions, comments, ideas, anything you want. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep adventuring.